Hey guys, I'm Felissa Rose Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to Throbbing with Horror. <laughs> and horror hounds this is brett from dimension c joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how you doing not bad but i feel like there's like some weird shit under my skin that just wants out and my fingers are like pointy are, have you done a little dance while you're cleaning your room earlier oh yes i have used my butt to close my dresser drawer <laughs> <laughs> That's that's important. That's the most necessary step. Which it's, I know we'll get there, but it's so funny when he's just doing, like, how many times have you been alone, especially if you're cleaning or something, and you keep finding, like, weird things you own, like a weird hat or something, you put it on, and you're, like, alone dancing, where you're, like, no one else is gonna see me. Then someone walks in, and it's like, oh, hi. Especially since it's, like, the hot redhead that you're dating, or trying to at this point. It's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, just go ahead and leave now. If they are. There is so much to break down in this. Oh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yes. That's the movie. Yeah, I am excited for this one. Uh, 1985, directed by Jack Shoulder? Yes. And written by David Chaskin. Okay. And, okay, so here's the deal if you skipped last week's episode. My favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movies are 1, 3, and 4. And then there's this little movie in between (laughs) that I'm like... Well, I have to hit two, because some of these we go in order, some of them we skip around, but I'm like, it'd be really weird to go one, three, four. And I enjoy Elm Street 2 more than I do 3 and 4, I believe. So, I was oh. like, we cannot skip it, I love this one. <laughs> so, look, it's, yeah, it's a movie, that's what I'll say. It's had, it's found like a new life in a really weird way, so... The obvious gay subtext, which I don't even know if you can call it subtext in this movie, and everything that went on. And it was super mean-spirited when it was written, but it's kind of come all the way back around to being celebrated for what it was bad for, and there's a whole mess with this movie. There's a cool documentary called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, about the lead actor, what's his name, Mark Patton? Yes. Mark Patton, and his... I guess, life since this movie. And it's pretty interesting. They had to go find him in Mexico. Like, he yeah. disappeared. They hired a PI to find him for that documentary. It's almost like Ricky from Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, where, like, he just, like, did one thing and disappeared. Yeah. But I do love, like, within ten minutes of that documentary, Ari Lehman shows up from Friday the 13th Part 1. <laughs> yeah, why is Ari in there? I don't know. I Because he's at a Comic-Con, and of course Ari's there, and every time I see him, I just get a smile on my face because I think back to that strip club. Yes. (laughs) I just think of neon lights, and I'm just like, and Greg making fun of me for taking multiple pictures of the sign outside. (laughs) (laughs) I was more excited about the sign than the girls inside. (laughs) (laughs) What's your relationship with this movie? Like, where does it stand for you? Uh, well, the very first Nightmare is still my favorite. I like the tone of it. I like how gritty it is. And I think that's one of the reasons I like this one, is because even though it is a little more comical in places and it's a little different, it still has that like more grounded tone. No one's turning into cockroaches in this movie. You get like... Oh, I love the cockroach kill. That's one of my favorite kills. Yeah, but it's like just so over the top. And that's part of where the Nightmare series loses me this is still early enough on like i love the makeup it's got tons of like body horror which like i remember watching this when i was little and being completely freaked out just because freddy's coming out of him and he's like oozing and shit oh yeah the him breaking out of his like torso and everything is pretty freaking disgusting and awesome later when like jesse is talking but it's actually freddy's lips but it's jesse's voice coming out it's just so weird oh and they they switch it to later it's jesse talking but it's freddy's voice yeah so 
Wes Craven, obviously the creator of Nightmare on Elm Street, directed the first one, did not return for this movie. I forget why. I did look it up. I think it was budget stuff. They didn't want to pay him. And Robert England almost didn't come back. They didn't want to pay him. But they had someone else and something fell through and they got Robert England back for it. And that would have been a different world to be living in if Freddy was like another role like all the others were just handed off to different people. If he was like treated like uh, Jason or Michael where it's just like whoever is playing them basically other than Kane Hodder for like four movies. But yeah, that would have been so weird if it wasn't Robert England for because like you said, this could have changed it completely and we could have gotten just someone different. And then Robert England would have been like just the guy that's like $30 at the Comic-Con, not $130 at the Comic-Con. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? So you want to get into the movie? Yeah. Okay, so we have this bus opening with Jesse getting on the bus. Did you catch who the bus driver was? Yes, I saw that. And I always love when you see Robert England out of the makeup, the Freddy makeup, because he just looks like a normal kind of like... Oh, a character actor guy of just, he looks like a guy. Like you would go to yeah. the mechanic and be like, oh, he's my mechanic, you know? I don't even know if he was supposed to be like, hey, that's Freddy in human form. Or if it's, hey, here's a quick cameo of Robert without makeup. Or is it like, oh, we don't have like the guy who was supposed to play the bus driver didn't show up. Uh, Robert, just go sit in the seat. No one will know. Cut to <laughs> how many, ever many decades later, there's two guys sitting here going, hey, we see Robert. the bus starts picking up speed and goes off-roading and then the driver sounds weird but turns into freddy even though it's already freddy yeah he he, he goes full freddy then and how do i explain what happens here the ground falls away yeah the ground falls away except for like one like pile of rocks or what like a beam of rocks is sticking up and that's what the bus is like teetering on this looks extremely dated, and we watch a lot of dated movies, and I never complain about bad effects or anything in old movies, because I can look past it for the story, but something about this scene just looks really weird to me, and I can't quite put my finger on it. It's like that old dinosaur claymation and stuff from those old educational videos when they wheel in the old TV. Yeah, it's like that, like, with matte paintings or something. But yeah, the, something just looks really off. The Nightmare series has always been weird of like, one minute you get an awesome effect of Freddy's coming out of a television, and it's prime time, bitch! And fucking headplants someone into his, like, TV body. And then you get other ones where, like, a dog pees on f- where Freddy is, and, like, Jason and the Argonauts skeleton pops up and is like, stop motion is really bad. Yeah, it's it's odd, and this definitely falls into that category, but whatever. And then Freddy slashes him, walks to the back, slashes him, and Jesse wakes up from a very sweaty nightmare. And that's going to be a theme throughout this movie. This dude is sweaty as fuck. He's very sweaty, and he doesn't like to button his shirts. You know what's weird, though? I was thinking about this, because after watching the movie for the show and everything, kind of like pondering on it for a bit, as one does... Mm-hmm. I don't think any of my complaints about this movie is honestly in a single performance. Oh, no. Like, it's like the dad, like, chews the scenery. He's great. He's from uh, Return of the Living Dead, uh, the owner of the medical supply place, which he chews the scenery in that, too. I love that guy. Is is that Bert? Yes, I believe so. Well, there there was Bert and Ernie in Return of the Living Dead. Let me make one of them. Yeah, Bert, you were right. Okay. But yeah, like, every performance in this is honestly solid. So for everything that, like, this movie annoys me with, none of it is anyone's acting. Like, they're all solid in that aspect. Oh, yeah, and, like, even, like, Jesse, like, I've he's a great horror character, because at least it's something different kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think the world is ready. No. Well, there's that's so much of, like, I know Wes Craven didn't do this movie, but it's his kind of franchise of how many times was, like, Scream was just a little bit before its time, or, like, uh, yeah. New Nightmare was a little before its time, of it didn't quite work. A few years later, people love it. Exactly. And he wakes up, and he is, like I said, very sweaty boy. <laughs> and it's a new house, which is... 
oh, what's the number? Is it fourteen ninety five? Thank you. Fourteen twenty eight. Come Elm on, Street. I'm it's not even. House. I'm not even the Elm Street fan. You know what messed me up is I went to go see fourteen oh eight because that movie fourteen oh eight. Yeah, and that's what always trips me up on it. But yeah, he's in the nightmare house and the AC is broken. That's an odd theme through this movie is the house is very hot. Yeah, and multiple anywhere Jesse goes is very hot. He's just a very hot boy. <laughs> Look, I think that's supposed to be like how Freddy was burned alive yeah. or something. I don't know if they're getting at something like that. Here's my biggest problem with this movie. It doesn't follow the rules at all, which whatever. Like if you want to be groundbreaking and break the rules and stuff, cool. But the Nightmare on Elm Street rules are so fucking cool. You know what I mean? It's such a good concept that for you to be switching it by only your second movie is ridiculous. Because there's so much more you can play with with that at this point. Like, it hasn't been tired yet or anything. Keep it Dream World. You can't fall asleep or the dude will kill you. What the fuck is all this going on? Yeah, and but they also keep certain... Uh threads throughout the entire thing of like i don't even remember if the first one talked a whole lot about like freddy feeds off fear kind of thing or was it like this one because they talk about freddy feeding off fear a lot in this one that continues all the way to Freddy versus jason and freddy almost does like a mock run with jesse in this where like it's almost the kill for me thing that he does with jason he's like well i'm gonna try it off on this jesse kid first yeah, Jesse, Jason, oh, I just got the names mixed up, that's all. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then Lisa, who is, I guess we'll call her Jesse's friend? Uh, yeah, like, quasi-girlfriend. Yeah, shows up at, to ride, she shows up at his house to ride to school with him. I guess they're, they have to live close, or else this makes no sense. Yeah, and if Jesse keeps kind of, throughout, like, the first beginning of this movie, it's like, well, I don't really know if she likes me or not. It's like, she's walking over to your house to get a ride. She could easily get a ride from anyone. She's, you know, putting in the effort. Yeah, okay, let's let's cut to the gay thing for a second here. Okay. So here's the thing. The movie was written by David Chaskin, and I don't want to come down too hard on him. I don't also want to cut him breaks either. I don't know where I stand on this dude, because I don't know him. I did just watch that documentary where Mark Patton and him like made up or whatever. But the whole idea of the movie of, he said he wrote it, it depends which interview you read too, because yeah. he's changed his mind on it so much, but was to be one of those, if you're gay, all you need is the love of a good woman type movies, which <laughs> is very fucking wrong, for one. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. But, like, it just doesn't play well at all. Like, whether that was the intention, whether that's what, when people were like, it's a K-tone movie, and back in the 80s he panicked and said that, or that was the intention, I don't know. But regardless like it's a very yikes moment when you sit back and you think about it oh yeah that's just so like i i just like it's so ridiculous and outdated of just like oh yeah all you need is like the popular girl to like whip you out of it or is that it's either that or we're gonna send you to camp it's like no stop it there was an interview where he said it'd be a type of movie to show at conversion therapy oh jesus and stuff like that I'm like, holy shit, the more I looked into it, I'm like, this is, I don't even know if I should talk about the movie or just talk about all the social shit, like, to go with this. Yeah. This was wild. God, I didn't know about the, uh, Shona conversion shit and whatnot. That's I mean, insane. I don't think that was like, it wasn't made like yeah. as a religious film or anything, but that was, he's like, oh, that kind of tone. No, yeah. he's walked that back and said, and at times he said, oh, no, that was a joke. Like I said, I don't know the guy. I can't speak to that, but. There's a lot of yikes the more digging you do into this movie. Yeah. But anyway, she shows up and rides to school with Jesse in his very old car. It's very much a Biff, only I can start my car car. <laughs> oh, yeah, and later on, like, there's a couple different times I get different vibes from other movies. Like, the end reminds me of Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. The coming out of Zool. Yeah. I, I would like a sample of your brain. Okay. <laughs> We cut to gym class, and during baseball, he gets in. Jesse gets into a fight with Grady. Jesse is pantsed and only wearing a jock strap for some reason in this moment. 
Yeah, and I love the one girl's like nice ass. But I, look, I wasn't an athlete really. I did play some sports, but I was never like the athletic type. I never wore a jock strap. No. I think they were pretty out by the time I was in. But am I correct? And believing you're supposed to still wear underwear with them, right? You would believe. I'm the same. Like I played sports, but I never like wore a jock strap or had a reason to. Like I don't know what the purpose is, and it's like, yeah, why doesn't it have an ass? And I think you still wear underwear with it. Is the thing. I'm not yeah. positive, but I'm pretty sure you would think so. so. Jesse's just like, hey, I'm I'm going free today. I'll commando, but safety first. And I love throughout, like, him and Grady's, like, whole fight, his ass is out. Like, it's the entire time his pants are down, and, like, he keeps rolling around and whatnot, and it gets all dirty. (laughs) Dude, as soon as I get into, like, a physical altercation, my first move is to take off my pants, because no one wants to fight a guy naked. (laughs) You take off your pants and just start shitting and screaming. It's like, oh, God, like, yeah, stay away from him. (laughs) But... But then they're forced to do push-ups by the gym teacher, and Grady is telling him, this guy gets off on it about the gym teacher. He gets his rocks off at from this at the S&M club downtown or something like that, which I you think is just the throwaway high school talking shit on the teacher line, but turns out to be very true. Oh, no, yeah, he loves the S&M club, where he's there, like, all night looking for, like, oh, let me look for a high schooler I can make do multiple laps and be all sweaty. And he has, like, a really weird, like, I know we'll get there when we get there, but he has, like, a weird, like, off tan. Yeah. It's, something's up here. Yeah. Um. So in the locker room, I guess him and Grady are cool now. They're talking, he tells Grady they just moved into the Elm Street house. And Grady's, like, acting like, oh, holy shit, that house and everything? I have a question, though. Yeah. From the first Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy's house was Nancy's house, you know, all this, a bunch of stuff went down there. Right. But right across the street, a boy was sucked into his bed, basically blended up and exploded all over the wall. Yeah. Why isn't that the scary house? No, the scary house is the one across the street from that one that some girl lived in that has bars on the window. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Glenn's house should really be the scary house. That Literally, a blood volcano was in the bedroom. Yeah, I guess they had no issue selling that house, but the house across the street, it took five years. Yeah, it's wild when you think about that. But that night again, Jesse wakes up, and he sees Freddy outside. He goes out there and looks into his basement window and sees Freddy burning stuff in the furnace. I don't think anything significant. I think he's just throwing stuff in the furnace. And Freddy appears to him because we got special work to do here. You've got the body. I've got the brains. And then this really cool yeah. effect right here. I love the brain. Like, and this is one anytime they do like the later and in, in the later Elm Street movies, like they do in the later Friday the 13th movies of it's the smash cuts of just different clips. They always show this one. Of him ripping Ooh, the right skin so. off of his head and his brain's exposed and it's throbbing. Yeah. Does Freddy look a little weird here to you? Like, head thing aside, I'm not even making that joke. But, like, does this Freddy look a little bit odd to you, though, compared to all the other movies? Oh, this Freddy looks, I think, the most disgusting out of any of them. Like, he's kind of slimy all the time and... I just mean facial structure-wise. Like, the nose prosthetic, I feel like, doesn't match the rest of the Freddies. Well, this is also in the um, early days of Elm Street, when they still pieced uh, the uh, makeup together on Robert England, and where later in later movies, it was just, like, one big uh, kind of mask thing that formed to his face, because it took a lot less time. Oh, the cow version, where they just yeah. pulled over. So yeah, that's why that's I, true. that's another reason I like this Freddy more is because the makeup's just so much better than like Freddy's dead Freddy, where it looks like he's wearing a mask. Yeah, true. And then Jesse wakes up screaming. I have questions about class the next day because he's in science class and they're talking about the heart and the teacher throws very clearly not a heart onto the table. <laughs> it's straight up. They went to the store and bought a steak that day. It's uh, in Clerks where Scott Schiaffo throws up the lungs, quote-unquote, onto the counter, but it's just a roast that they rubbed in dirt. Exactly, that's what this looks like. It's I swear to God, it's a steak, I'm pretty yeah. sure. But 
Jesse falls asleep and a snake crawls up him and starts like squeezing him. And I'm like, oh, okay. Nightmare. Fell asleep in class. Right. Freddy's doing some snake thing. No, this is legit. There's just a snake in this class that wanders around. A snake big enough to kill you, mind you. Like, and starts constricting him. Alice Cooper's doing a presentation in the gym later, and he for, he lost his snake. <laughs> you can't defend this shit, for real. Back <laughs> up and try to defend. But, you were on me when I tried to make defense <laughs> last week. Explain yourself. But, yeah, there's really, and it's like, how did the snake get there? Like, Grady is, like, laughing, but he's on the other side of the room. And, like, I love the teacher's just pissed off. He's like, if you want to play with animals, go to zookeeping class or whatever. Yeah, why? But why do you have, a like, a monster on the loose in your class? Oh, yeah. I know it's an animal, but in reality, a snake that big growing up, he was a monster. Why do you have that loose in the classroom? A lot of times you have, like, a class hamster or, like, a class ferret, not a class giant boa constrictor. Is the Anaconda prequel? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> the and yeah, that's where that is. It's the Anaconda got possessed by Freddy. So in the Anaconda movies, it's Freddy and a snake body. Yes. <laughs> oh, I also figured out who bought the house across from Nancy's. Who? Uh, who uh, have we covered that has no issue living in a killer's house and will brag about it? Big John and Little John from Halloween Kills. Oh, I can see this, yes. Where they, like, that's their second house of, like, we got the Myers house, now we got the Blood Gusher house, uh, there's this Buffalo Bill guy, we're gonna go buy his house. <laughs> oh, that'd be a cool, like, fun little short series, be like horror, re- uh, I can't say the word, realtors. Yeah, like horror realtors, where it's like, yeah, we're looking for murder houses or whatnot, and it's like, do like a quick, just like, a few like 10 minute episodes and put them on YouTube of those two characters like going around doing it. it has nothing to do with Halloween or anything it's just them being funny I like it but later Jesse's going to meet Lisa but his dad's like you're not going anywhere until you clean that room mister and he's like oh come on dad <laughs> <laughs> he goes up to his room to clean and I love this he has like a random box of knickknacks and whatever and he opens his dresser drawer, <laughs> dumps the box in, and Lily says, How do you like that, Dad? It's like, that, Dad? I'm a teenage rebel. I just dumped everything in the drawer. <laughs> but it was, he has so many boxes. He took a shoebox of knickknacks, dumped it in a dresser drawer. Like, he's the most re- rebellious, rebellious kid in the planet right here. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> But this is also your stuff. So why are you just yeah. throwing it around and breaking it? That's more, How do you like that, me? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to be able to find any of that stuff in two weeks when I want it. <laughs> but then we get the musical cleaning montage. We get our infamous drawer butt bump. How it closes the how do you like that drawer. Yeah, he has the awesome, uh, like, thunderbolt glasses that are like a... They're like shiny gold. He puts on a hat. He has like a popper toy that he's like dancing with his crotch. (laughs) And the most inopportune moment happens where he's dancing with the popper toy in his crotch. 100% pretending like he has this giant like needle dick. And his mom and like girl he like hot redhead he wants to date like go walking in as soon as he pops. (laughs) Yes. It was the worst moment. It's like I figured you could use some help, and that would be the worst moment, like you said, on Earth. Then, random like dumb jokes. Where do you keep the jock itch cream or something like that? And they find Nancy's diary. Well, this is another part of. I'm trying to think of like inside inside the movie. I believe Jesse actually might be gay. Because he's having such a great time right now before she shows up. As soon as she shows up, the music goes off. He gets, like, all, like, sad again. Like, he's like, oh, God, like, now I have to pretend to like this girl. Later on, there's, like... Oh, I think 100% he is. Like, no joke. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. I think he is, especially, like, with the him and Grady stuff later on and everything. And they said it was subtext, but one, like, Mark Patton was not out at the time, but people seem to know at least some people did and they definitely wrote the character that way 
maybe more after Mark was added. I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't even just a little bit. Like I definitely think he was supposed to be, but walked right up to that line where they could plausibly deny it if they needed to. Yeah, one of the biggest uh, things that happens later in the movie that points me in that direction too is it's Jesse and Grady are sitting at lunch together both on the same side of the table beside each other and they're laughing and having the best time as soon as the girls show up both of them get real quiet Grady won't talk to them Jesse won't talk to them uh Grady and Jesse get in like a spat and like start arguing and Grady takes off yeah exactly I there's no denying the subtext is admitted, but I, with as long, along with most people, definitely think he is. Yeah. I mean, the actor, Mark, definitely is, but I think the character, the character is written is, that yeah. way, too. Yeah. They find Nancy's diary, and they're ta- they learn about Freddy Krueger and all that stuff. That night, Jesse wakes up, and everything's melty. It looks like a Van Gogh painting, like the record's melting off the dresser, his weird baseball lamp is melted. He goes to the basement, finds the glove... The furnace starts, and Freddy appears and tells him, try the glove on for size, and then kill for me. I actually think this moment's kind of cool. Yeah. All my hatred of this movie, and not even <laughs> hatred, but what the fuck of this movie. I think this moment's cool. Yeah, there's some cool, like, it, Freddy has a lot of good moments in this. Like, I like this version of Freddy, of, like, he's menacing. He's not making one-liners. Yeah, I gotcha. Still, something about it. <laughs> Just... <laughs> It's, it's not the Jesse stuff, right? It's just the Freddy rules just really piss me off and everything. See, By like, the way, yeah. I don't think we get like any kills until the end of the movie in this, which is fine in a certain type of movie, but in a slasher movie, come on, dude. Well, you also like the Nightmare movies a lot more than I do, so I could see you caring more about like the like rules of the franchise and whatnot, where I'm like, I don't care. This one's just fun. <laughs> Put it this way, you know how you both of us are mad about Jason being afraid of water in Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah. Like that. Exactly. That's my take with this movie, is it doesn't follow the rules. Yeah. Next day at school, he gives Lisa the diary. She's going to look into it more. The gym teacher overhears Grady and Jesse talking shit on him, so there's more push-ups. And that's pretty much it, just to keep the gym teacher creepy and menacing. Yeah, it's like, oh, go take a shower. One of my favorite scenes of the movie right here. That night at Jesse's house, the house is really hot. It's up to 97 degrees. And then we get the whole bird scene. Oh, yes. Yeah, where I love where it's, um... Well, first, like, they're all... The entire family's in the living room with the birds talking about, like, how hot it is. And they're all talking like normal. Jesse comes in and is like, hi. And the sister's like, shh, the birds are sleeping. It's like, everyone else was just talking at full volume. What are you talking about? But yeah, then you start... I've never had a pet bird, but is this, like, a thing you have to do, like, a certain time? You just have to be quiet in your own house because the birds are sleeping? Like, I have dogs and a cat. They're basically up with me until I go to bed. You know what I mean? Like, when I go to sleep, they go to sleep. Yeah, like, I've heard of putting the cloth over the cage and that'll make them go to sleep kind of thing. But I don't know of, like, oh, you better be quiet. Be like, it's a bird, it'll be fine. That would just sounds like a nightmare. I'm like, this is my house, I'll be as loud as I like. Yeah, so yeah, she's like, birds are sleeping, and then what does the cage start rattling or something that they take the cloth off? Yeah, it starts rattling, and they take the cloth off and see that the one bird's murdered the other bird. So, this is the first murder in the movie. <laughs> Did not count it, damn it. The other one gets out and just zooms around the room like a maniac, scratches the dad that will not heal for the rest of the movie in the face, and just goes nuts. They're all trying to catch it, and then just fucking explodes. Oh yeah, this is not one of those movies where like wounds go away in the next scene. From here on out, the dad has a band-aid on his face. <laughs> yes. And then the dad says it's probably from a gas leak. Yeah, or the cheap food you've been buying the birds. It's like, yeah, the cheap food made it explode. I love that reason, because that is the most dad reasoning in the world. Like, you don't want to admit anything's wrong with the house. That must be a gas leak, maybe, or, yeah, it's bad bird food. And then he uh, starts, thre- he starts thinking Jesse, like, 
shoved, I guess, like a cherry bomb up its ass or something and made it explode. It's like, at what point did I have time to do that? You all have been sitting in this living room for who knows how long. It's like a very delayed fuse. He's not like a 2007 Michael Myers, like, killing animals for fun kid. Jesse's just like a cool kid. Like, he likes dancing around and... With his sunglasses and his hats, he's not to shove a firecracker up a bird's ass, kid. Yeah, it's just like, it's not like he's like, oh, he's got a leather jacket on and his hair slicked back. He just, he's like a normal, like, preppy kid in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse wakes up that night in one of his nightmare dreams, and he goes to the BDSM club. That yeah. allegedly is frequented by his gym teacher. Okay, so he's in his pajamas, right? Well, he's well. He's always his pajamas are always his jeans. He's always dressed in all of his clothes for some reason. Okay, but still, is uh, once again all sweaty. And he had, his shirt is not buttoned once again. He has buttons, but he doesn't know how to use them. And he is underage with no wallet, I believe. Yes. He goes up to the bar and just gets a beer. Again, no ID or anything. No payment. Just. It's like those old western like bars. One beer, please. Do you know who uh the bartender was played by? No, I do not. Uh Robert Shea, who was a when I was looking at the names, I was like that sounds familiar. He was in like all of the nightmare movies it looks like. He was a producer on a bunch of them. He produced Lord of the Rings. Oh, he's the guy from New Line. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, so that he, makes sense. He's the guy that looks he's dressed like Frankenfurter basically from Rocky Horror behind the bar. Yeah, that does make total sense then. Um, but yes, he gets a beer, and then this gym teacher walks up behind him, grabs him, and the next scene they're at the gym. Dude, you don't have to listen to him. You're not at school. Yeah, and he's also like, you, you're being confronted by your teacher in an S&M bar. Maybe it's going to be like, okay, we're both look the opposite way here. I'll go home. Yeah. I won't say anything about you grabbing me in an S&M bar. <laughs> Yes, but he's making him run laps around the gym and everything, and finally, I guess, lets him go. Jesse's in the shower, and the teacher hears a noise, like, when he's in the locker room. Not in the shower with Jesse, but he's in the locker room, I guess, in his office. Yeah, and the coach is still dressed in leather. Yeah. At the, at the school. <laughs> yeah, I. this is definitely before cameras in school, because can you oh, imagine God. reviewing that footage the next day? Um, sir... <laughs> Uh, we see you in your leather vest making a kid run around then take a shower with your weird tan. Um, yeah, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. But, like, all the, like, basketballs and baseballs and everything start, like, firing at him with cannon sounds, mind you. I did like that touch. Yes. And I'm so surprised the coach isn't immediately like, Jesse, what are you doing here? Because he gets blamed for everything, even paranormal shit. <laughs> Yeah, exploding birds, yeah. Ah, uh, Jesse! <laughs> but they start firing at him, and then weights and bats and rackets and everything, like, just getting thrown at him out of nowhere. Jump ropes tie him up and pull him into the showers, and he is invisibly stripped and whipped with a towel, like that weird thing where you roll the towel up, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love where, I love Jesse's point of view, where he's in there showering, and... All of the other shower heads now come on, so he's like, oh fuck, it's starting again. And he looks out, he looks down the hallway, and he just sees the coach being drugged towards him with with uh, jump ropes, like he said, and gets strung up. And the entire time, he's kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Like, Jesse's in disbelief of just, he has like this, like, the fuck look on his face. Now, here's the thing about this movie, I have a question, I'm curious what you think about it. You know, like, Freddy's possessing Jesse and everything. Yeah. So, do you think when we see Freddy doing stuff, it's actually just Jesse doing it, and we, the audience, are seeing Freddy? Or do you think he's really, like, turning into Freddy? See, that's a very good question that I have no idea of, like... Yeah, because sometimes it's, like, Freddy, like, it, like in the shower scene, where Freddy just kind of shows up out of nowhere, and he kills the coach... And then it cuts back to Jesse has the glove. So I don't, at this point, I would almost think of it as he's being possessed by Freddy, but it's Jesse's body doing it. So only us, the audience, are seeing Freddy there. Right. Or it's kind of the thing of like, yeah, like Freddy takes over 
And so that's like, other than, I guess the only thing you could do is it's still Jesse's body, but he sounds like Freddy. But I think it's just, they did the easier. The only time it's weird is that pool scene at the end. Because I'm like, well, that's, that wouldn't be Jesse, because no one would be afraid of Jesse. Yeah, well, at the very end, when he finally, like, cocoons out of Jesse, I think that's actually Freddy. Because even uh, Lisa reacts to Freddy. Okay. Yeah, it, it's really weird. Like, I, you could watch this movie with that take in mind almost the whole way through. Like, yeah. But it's... I never really thought of that until this go-round on it, but you really could watch it that way, so I don't know if I was supposed to be seeing it that way. No, I, I could see it either way, but I think it's a little bit more fun of the thing of, like, Freddy actually doesn't show up until the very end. It's possessed Jesse that's doing it. Okay. But I also want to mention, the coach gets whipped on his ass so much that it is bleeding. Oh, yeah, it's all, like, scabbed up and, like, pussy and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Then Jesse Freddy slashes his back and kills him, and then the showers start showering blood. And Raining blood we cut to the from Last Race Guy. The police bring naked Jesse home, and we get a typical horror dad accusation. And it's like, I just want to know what are you taking and who are you getting it from, and typical. Oh, go easy on him, honey horror mom. Yeah, where I love the dad's like, we're going to send him to a methadone clinic. Of like, could you imagine, like, he's like, you never see Jesse doing drugs or even drinking, I don't think. To go to, like, straight to, like, you're being forced to take methadone. Of just like, (laughs) I don't need this! I'm way more fucked up now than I used to be. (laughs) Does he say it real weird to, like, a methadone clinic or something? Yeah, something like that. I also love the cops were like, is this one yours? We found him wandering around (laughs) naked on the highway. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, he's ours. (laughs) Uh, Next day at school, Jesse and Lisa find out the gym teacher was murdered. Jesse's freaking out. There's lots of jump to day to night, day to night, because back to nighttime, Jesse wakes up and we see our jump rope girls for the movie singing the Freddy song. I have to and have that. Is this where he goes to his sister's room or no? I don't I th- think so. It's coming up, I know, pretty soon, I think. But anyway, the next morning, this is all like in the span of like half a minute, day, night, day, night. Yeah. Jesse's asking his dad about the original murders in the house, and his dad did know about it. How do you think we got the house so cheap? The toaster catches on fire that wasn't even plugged in. And like you said earlier, I'm surprised Jesse didn't get blamed for it. Oh, what the fuck are you doing? He's playing around with gasoline. What, are you trying to toast gasoline, Jesse? We're going to give you... What, do you put a cherry bomb in the toaster? Honey, get the meth. <laughs> Jesse and Lisa drive to the power plant where Freddy worked. I'm glad they say what kind of boiler room he worked in, because it was always just kind of vague before. He worked in a boiler room. Yeah, and sometimes it looks like it's the boiler room of, like, a school. Sometimes, like you said, it's like, almost looks like a construction site. Yeah, but they take to the power plant where Freddy worked. Also, full disclosure, I used to work at a power plant. Oh, oh yeah. You don't have one <laughs> one dude running the boiler, so I kind of had a lot of insight to what was looked real and what didn't in this. Yeah, how many people run the acid vats? <laughs> oh, that was me. Yeah. That was me. Greg, go clean the acid vat. We have a leak. There's just acid all over this concrete thing. I'm like, uh-uh, nope. I'd get a message in the morning being like, guess what I did? I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> But, like, this was definitely a real power plant, the place they went here that wasn't in commission anymore. I'll give them that. Okay. But they go there, and we have a rat jump scare in what I assumed was Freddy's locker, but it was a random locker, and that's it. I guess they just showed that us this place for the big set piece later on. Yeah, well, the baby dogs need to hang out somewhere. Exactly. The baby dogs are so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the first one that has old man dogs? No, that's not the first one. Oh, okay. I remember another one has, like, dogs with human faces, and it's like an old man with a beard. Oh, yeah, I don't remember which one that is. I don't either. That night is the him walking into his sister's room. He doesn't kill her, but comes close. Yeah, and I love where she's like, what time is it? And he's like, just go back to bed. Then he has a claw, and he's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) That was close. Yeah. Whew! Then we get Lisa's pool party! Yes, which Lisa has pretty cool parents. For 80s parents, 
of like they're letting the kids have a pool party at their house. Now, granted, they don't bring out the beer and the cool music until the parents are in bed, but even they know what's going on. It's like dad hangs out for a few hours, like grilling some burgers and hot dogs and like playing his cheesy music from like the 50s. Yes. But and, and all the kids are very nice and put up with while he's awake. Yeah, they all just kind of sit around. I love one kid like cannonballs in the pool and the dad's like, hey, you cut that out. It also <laughs> made me watching this today because we had a very nice day in Pennsylvania for February. I wanted oh, to great. grill so badly. I wanted a grilled hot dog and burger so bad after watching this. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we get Jesse and Lisa making out in the pool house. And Jesse Freddy tongues on Lisa's boob, and she doesn't notice. But when I say this, I mean real long purple serpent tongue looking thing comes hanging out and right on her, and she doesn't notice. It almost looks like something out of trauma. Yeah, it does have that really like trauma cheesy feel to it. Like it, and I mean that's a compliment. Actually, yes. I like that scene. Because it's just, like, so over the top and whatnot. And I don't think he should have stopped. He, she probably would have loved that. I mean, Gene Simmons, look at what he got to accomplish. If you were going to make a Gene Simmons reference right there, I was about to. Well done. Yes, I got it. <laughs> but he freaks out when this happens because he knows Freddy's taking over. And he goes to Grady's and like, I gotta go. And he tells Grady everything and asks Grady to watch him while he sleeps. And no matter what, don't let him leave. I also love it looks like Grady is still sleeping in his bed that he's had since he was like five. It, it was a step away from being a race car bed, wasn't it? Yes, and I had a race car bed. It was basically he's sleeping in a race car bed. It's like a br it's like all the bars are bright red, and it's like has the compartments around it for your toys, and it has like a cool lamp. <laughs> yeah, I had a race car bed. And then I kept having nightmares about a mummy chasing me. I was convinced I was from the bed. This is a weird core memory you just unlocked somehow. <laughs> and then I got rid of my race car bed. A, a side note, uh, this is the race car bed podcast. What color was yes. yours? <laughs> Blue. I had red. Ah, we could have raced. Yes, I always loved, because like, I would watch wrestling here and there, like when I was first started watching it. I'd get up on the top, because I had like this um, almost like... Uh, it was all plastic, but it was almost like a shelf at the very bottom, at the very top of the bed. I would get up on top of that and, like, do wrestling moves off of it. Yeah. Where are we at here? Oh, Grady's just about to go to sleep. He watched Jesse enough. He's like, fuck this. He turns the light out, and as soon as he clicks the light out, Jesse starts freaking out. And his arm transforms into, like, Freddy arm. Which, this is really neat that Freddy coming yeah. out of him and everything. Because his arm just transforms. It doesn't break out of him or anything at first. This is the part, like, majorly, like, this transformation scene is, like, you were talking about core memories. I remember being way too young watching this movie and seeing this part and being so creeped out that, like, I could bet money that I had nightmares at least for a couple nights. Oh, I bet you're so mad about the continuity being messed up. You're like, ah, and then you had nightmares about it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so cool. <laughs> like, it's almost like the claws come out of his hands, like Wolverine style, but it's like at the tips of his fingers. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. And like the whole time where it's Jesse doing that, it, it's not the glove here. It's just like that for the rest of the time. And the, the arm transforms, but then Freddy bursts out of Jesse, like the rest of them. And he kills Grady, and during the commotion, Grady's parents are like, Grady, open up, and then the claws come through the door and they see the blood, and so the police are on their way. Freddy is in the mirror laughing at a bloody Jesse, and then Jesse leaves through the window, like, I guess, turn back. You know, one of the major parts that creeped me out about this scene, too, and it's just such a, like, a throwaway thing, of, like, when Freddy what? slices open Jesse's chest and, like, emerges, and he stands up, and you see him almost take off the rest of Jesse's, like, body, like a, he's throwing a coat aside. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's I, wild. I don't know why, but that always just creeped me out so bad of it's almost like, okay, I'm done with your body now. And like throws it aside of like, this is just what's left. Like, legit, like you said, just like a coat. Yeah. Jesse gets back to the pool party, 
probably not where you should go if you have a child murderer inside of you. But yeah. <laughs> he tells Lisa that he killed Grady and starts freaking out. Then the pool starts heating up. And not bad, but people are like, man, turn the heat down on the pool. Hot dogs just start catching on fire and popping. Beer starts exploding and all the doors and gates lock. Like, on their own, everything happening. Yeah, I love how the doors and everything, like, slowly lock. It's not like a big, like, thunk, and they all close real loud, and everyone's like, what's going on? It's like they all just very quietly lock, even, like, the parents' door. It's not, like, slam shut. It's, like, shut and locked, and they wake up for it, but it's not, like, a big over-the-top thing. It's almost like he's trying to be stealthy for a moment. Oh, yeah, because he's not out completely... But right then, after all that happens, Jesse turns into Freddy, and we get this kind of goofy chase throughout the house with him chasing Lisa, and then he bites Lisa's leg? He has a razor glove, and he bites her leg? Freddy Krueger kills almost everybody he comes into contact with. Like, he's a master murderer. Like, he's great at it. That's what he does. He can't kill his girl. He's chasing around, and the best he gets is a bite on the leg. Yeah, he bites her leg. Like, I love her thing to immediately, like, a lot of times Freddy likes to get hit by lamps, it seems, in these movies. First, she throws, like, a doily at him. And he has a bigger <laughs> issue getting free of the doily than when she hits him over the head with the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> but she does stab him with a knife and that does nothing. And he just throws her aside. Again, the guy whose sole purpose in existence is to murder children doesn't murder this one. And then leaps through the door, which, like I said, this isn't Craven you brought up earlier, but reminds me really of, like, Ghostface bursting through the door in the first Scream movie. The oh, way, yeah. Like, he jumps through that. I could see that. He jumps out the door, but not into the party somehow. He basically bugs bunnies into the ground, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> He's on his way to Albuquerque. Then he pops out of the ground. Exactly. I wish we'd see like that Tremors thing going through that way pops out. <laughs> like the ground, like the ground, like popping up. <laughs> yeah, because he bursts out of the ground right by the pool, and this is where chaos just starts happening. And it's really cool because like kids start running away, but the fence instantly has become electrified. We have stabs, tramples. People, kids are getting boiled in the pool. This one kid starts climbing over the the fence like on a part that's not electrified, and then just falls into a random fucking fire pit that yeah. Freddy has created, like, a pit to hell or something. I love, too, like, you see the, like, you were saying about tramplings, there's the one kid that I guess fell down near the fence, and everyone's just climbing on top of him, trying to get over the fence. Yeah. One kid tries to reason with Freddy, like, it's okay, man, it's alright. Freddy stops for a second. Then obviously kills that kid. I love the kids like, we're not going to hurt you. It's like, no shit. <laughs> Who has the razor claw, kid? Yeah. Uh, Lisa's dad, I guess, gets through the locked door because he's about to shoot. But Lisa stops him from shooting Freddy because it's, I guess, also Jesse. I also love stereotypical Lisa's dad of, like, he has his boxers pulled up over his belly button, and he goes running out with, like, no shirt on, so his, like, dad boobs are, like, jiggling. <laughs> Do you remember going over to a friend's house? And it was always weird. Maybe this is a thing in the past. I don't know. <laughs> like, it'd be, like, three in the morning, and, like, your friend's dad was waking up for work. You just see your friend's dad walk around in his underwear like that. Yeah, I never got... It's like, why? Like, put on, like, some... Especially if you know someone's over. I get, oh, it's my house, and I'll do what I want in my house. But I'm also ten, and I came down to get <laughs> milk, and now I see things I should not be seeing. I see giant you establish like, dominance in your own home. It's like now I pull my pants down and I'm like, no, <laughs> look at my tiny whities. <laughs> like the mom comes down and we're both at a standoff. She's like, what's going on? <laughs> She's like, he's like, go to bed, honey. I got this. <laughs> Fuck, we gotta get back on. <laughs> um, where is that? Oh, the whole he kills the reasoning kid and doesn't get shot by right. Lisa's dad. Freddy just walks through the fence and, like, through a fiery 
pit in the fence, and then that area of, like, the lattice has burned behind him. Well, even though throughout this whole movie, he's been kind of iffy and, like, on and off with, like, if he likes Lisa or not, it seems. But now, whenever he's, like... Because that's when Lisa runs out with her family, too, and Freddy looks up and sees Lisa. And there's still, like, enough of Jesse, I guess, in there that Jesse's trying to fight his way out. And I think that's why Freddy takes off. To like almost regroup. Oh, that makes sense, and why he didn't kill her and everything. Yeah, okay. and he like he just physically cannot kill her because Jesse loves her. Okay, Lisa drives to the power plant because she figures that's where he's going. But here's the thing, Lisa, you live at this place. They just had like fifteen children murdered in your backyard. You are now a fugitive. <laughs> yeah, you're fleeing the scene. Yeah, exactly. But she gets there, and we get the baby dogs. Yes. It's just dogs with baby faces, and they don't do anything. They're just there. I always guess, because Freddy does this like in a couple different movies of like the dogs with weird faces. I'm thinking it's him trying to scare you, but this is always the point in the movie where like the protagonist is like, I'm not afraid of you anymore, Freddy. I'm gonna, gonna come and get you. And that's where like she just walks right by just because she's like, I'm not afraid. You're not real. Yeah, it doesn't bother at all. But then her bite wound gets covered in ants. Oh, yeah. But then she freaks out. But then they just go away. It was a hallucination. Fucking hate that part. We get another Freddy chase through the, like, walkways of the power plant. Freddy chasing her. Jesse, I know you're in there. You know how this kind of stuff goes. I love you, Jesse. No, Jesse's dead. (laughs) He's weakening and falling over and losing his grip on him. No, no. (laughs) Falling randomly. Nothing's happening. She just had to say, I love you. No, you're dead. And this is where, like, yeah, Jesse starts breaking through a little bit. And it's what I mentioned earlier of, like, it's so creepy seeing Jesse's voice coming through, like, Freddy's, like, fucked up makeup pussy lips of, like, I love you. I forgive you. It is really weird. (laughs) Uh, She kisses him Jesse slash Freddy but he's very he's still Freddy looking here we'll put it that way we're calling Fressy okay (laughs) kisses Fressy and then everything in this place catches on fire the guardrails the pipes everything and Freddy burns and melts and then Jesse, like, comes out of him, like you said, like the ending of Ghostbusters yes. coming out of Zool. Which I gotta say, when did Ghostbusters come out? Did they literally see the end of Ghostbusters and went, oh, that's a good idea? I think Ghostbusters was 84. So this I'm was a year later. So it's very possible that they could have seen Ghostbusters and went, oh, we like that. Add to our script. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Then they hug, they're all happy, and at the end, I guess it's been a few months, Jesse's leaving, he gets on the bus, and Lisa say like, I'm proud of you, how good you're doing, and everything. So I guess he's gone through therapy or something, I don't know. Or he's just over all of his episodes, because his episodes weren't episodes, he was being possessed by a child, like, killer. <laughs> yes. Dude, how did they explain this one? Like, let's see, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, like, they wrote it off. I'm guessing, like, in the official reports on some weird sleep, like, I don't know, what's that thing where spontaneous combustion or some shit like that, they probably write it off as. Yeah. What do you write the man who pops out of the ground and boils water and creates hellfire pits that throws children into? How the hell does the world keep spinning after this? Yeah, there were, like, 20 to 30 witnesses at that party. Yeah. It's the cop from uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space where, like, he gets 50 calls about, like, there are killer clowns from outer space running around. We need help. And he's like, ah, stop prank calling me, you teenagers. Yeah. (laughs) One of the worst movie cops. I also did um, notice some uh, continuity errors between that they say for the first one of... The mom was found dead in the living room, but she burnt to death in the bed. I guess they're playing with that didn't really happen. I don't know. Because that whole ending's a little vague. Yeah. So I'm not sure what really went, went going on there, but who knows. Yeah. Um, end of the movie, they're on the bus, and a Freddy hand bursts through Lisa's friend's chest. Credits. Well, no, I love where... Um, 
they get on the bus and everyone's all happy to see Jesse and all the friends are there. And the bus starts speeding up and Jesse immediately goes right back into psycho mode of the bus is going too fast driver driver. And then the driver pulls over for the next like person to pick up. And I love how he gives like Jesse, like the side eye of like, what? And then he keeps going. And then like Lisa and everyone's like, Oh no, it's okay. And then, like you said, there's the big surprise. And then the bus goes careening through the desert again. (laughs) Yeah. And then death and then credits. That's Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh, and Freddy got a lot of revenge on this one, didn't he, Greg? Did he? I don't know. Who's he getting revenge for? Why the children. Why is it called that? That's another thing. Nancy defeated him. I'm going to get revenge by taking over this boy. Yeah, they don't touch um, Nancy, Nancy's dad, who's still in this town, um... Because I think it's in part three, he's like uh, established he's been drinking in this bar for decades or something. Yes. If anything, A Nightmare on Elm Street should be called Freddy's Revenge. Yeah, very true. Well, it's like how um, all the Star Wars movies have the wrong title and someone like fixed them and it makes more sense. Definitely. For real, the first one should be called Freddy's Revenge. He's getting revenge for dying. Right. This this one should be called A New Nightmare, because it's a completely oh. different thing. Yes. Then we could we could have Nightmare on Elm Street 2 be the third one, because it's a continuation of the first one. <laughs> you could really do this. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, we could really rewrite this pretty well, honestly. Yeah. Alright, so you ready to get into end of episode stuff? Yes, let's do, uh, I'm excited for the Count of the Dead! Ah, ah, ah. Alright, throw up with our Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie, we add them to our grand total of all the movies we've done. Last episode we did was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, which left us with a Count of the Dead of 881. Where do you think A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, wrong title, Freddy's Revenge, brought us? <laughs> um... That's the thing, like we said earlier, of, like, there's, like, hardly any deaths, like, until, like, the end of the movie. I'm gonna say there are six. Six is actually decently low. It was ten. Really? Brought us to Count of the Dead of 891. Okay. Almost all of them in that pool scene. Yeah, there's quite a few in that pool scene. A lot of people, like, getting slashed, and then they fall over. Or, like, they get thrown through the grill. (laughs) Yes, I counted one body floating. <laughs> I'm hoping then next week we get to what nine hundred. There's a good chance, yeah. It could happen. I forgot. I forget how many saw- deaths are in that next movie we're gonna do. I've never seen it, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I forget. Uh, well, every week Greg does his count of the dead. Ah, 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 and I like to do my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> It's <laughs> basically, I like to rate uh, the movies 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I like to pick something from the movie to rate that thing. I'm, try- got today? I'm trying to think of this one. And the one that uh, I thought of because it stuck out to me, especially with how nice it is out today and how it wanted me, like, I wanted a cheeseburger so badly after watching this is the um, barbecue scene. So I'm going to do summer barbecues. Okay. So a number one summer barbecue, the worst kind. It's like extremely extended family you want nothing to do with. You know the food's going to be shitty because aunt, like fucking so-and-so, is way too old to still be cooking and you have no idea what she put (laughs) in the potato salad. A number ten barbecue... It's like, you got everything. All your friends are there. There's probably a pool. You got some, like, uh, cornhole going on. You got ribs, burgers. You got everything. You got different different kinds of pasta salad, not even just one. Okay. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. I'm going to give this six barbecues out of ten. I've always quite liked this movie for certain scenes, especially with, like, the body horror in it. I've never been that big of a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, so this one really kind of sticks out to me because it's very different than the other ones. And I think that's one of the reasons I like it so much. Man, I couldn't do a six. I I was a little lower than that. I knew that would happen. Barbecues. (laughs) 
I'm not terrible. I'm a four summer barbecues out of ten. Okay. Not awful. It's not good. It's not my least favorite nightmare either. But it's definitely kind of like a sore thumb in the beginning where the the early half of this franchise is so good to me that this is just kind of like the, oh, there's something right there moment of the beginning of the franchise. Well, every franchise seems to have, and then there's that movie of the franchise, like Halloween 3, Friday the 13th Part 5. I would say Texas Chainsaw Next Generation. Yeah, that, all of those 100%. And Freddy's uh, Revenge, I would say, fits in that of it's just like, it's the kind of like oddball out of the series. It's so weird that it's number two, though, too. Yeah. Because like I said, they had such a cool concept. Why would they switch it so quick? And, well, they've really, if, if watching, because I watched these in order before, going from two to three, and how much of two they retcon in part three, it's hilarious. Thankfully so, too, because they needed to. They're like, oh, fuck. Oh, we gotta get Nancy back. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so that's everything for Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Uh, you want to know about next week? Yes, I am excited for next week. You picked this. I know next to nothing about this movie, so I'm excited to watch it. Fade to Black. Yes, Fade to Black. Um, At the moment, it's on Shudder. You know, definitely before you... Uh, go and look you can google real quick and see where it's streaming but it's a very interesting movie that i've only seen once before but i remember liking it and i love the premise so i can't wait for next episode i'm excited to do it that'll be a good time yes so that's your assignment for next week watch fade to black and that's all i got yeah we hope that nightmare on elm street 2 electric boogaloo has left your brain throbbing with horror Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform. Or else, subscribe for more tantalizing terror and be ready for the new fear next week. If you dare.